Broadcasting live from Mystic Sanctuary on the Plain of Eldraine, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. Graham here. Joining me is Cameron. Hello. And Nelson. I am also here. And today we are going to be talking a little bit about Jumpstart, but we're going to start by talking about the recent banned and restricted announcement. And before we get to that, a reminder that this show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR for all of your needs, be they singles or packs. Well, only packs if you live in the U.S., but singles anywhere in the world. And you can tell them, loading ready run sent me a button, please, and they'll give you a little one-inch button. And I don't know which one they're giving away right now. It's a surprise. (laughs) Also, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run and thank you so much for doing so mystic sanctuary i picked as the plane we were broadcasting from because it 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 got banned in popper which is kind of interesting yes it was the july 13th banned and restricted announcement and uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about those bannings i was gonna say i was gonna ask if any of you had a preference as to which format we started on but i've already sort of teased popper so i guess let's talk about that two bannings in popper uh mystic sanctuary from throne of eldraine and expedition map originally printed in help me out zendikar that's correct yeah zendikar sounds right yeah so what's up with that how were how were these cards breaking popper wide open so mystic sanctuary is part of the kind of hard control strategy that you can get on in popper either mono blue or blue black and then i think it also played in like combo decks running displace or ghostly flicker so just the ability to rebuy like it's often even just a counter spell or a kill spell but just popper can be extremely grindy like the control decks can be really grindy so if you have the ability to get into more cards than your opponent that can matter if that makes sense you know you just if you have more counter spells total in your deck more you know, whatever the edict or the terror of choice is in your deck, then you can eventually grind your opponent out. And, you know, every little thing matters. How important was the island subtype on Mystic Sanctuary in Popper? I know it's quite relevant in, like, Canadian Highland, where it could be fetched, but did it have any relevance there? So, at this point, I'm not entirely sure. It's possible that crop rotation was still around. There was some some searching with that and obviously expedition map just got banned so Hmm. expedition map be able to find it but the fetches you play normally like the panoramas and terramorphic expanse i believe they all most of the fetches in popper do specify basic yes so i'm not sure you know gush has been banned for a while i believe also in popper so i'm not sure how relevant the islands type is but that's a great question. I'm sure it still matters a bit. There's probably some relevant interaction I've forgotten or missed. Yeah, the the Wizards breakdown of this mentioned specifically that last year, Gush, Git Probe, and Days all got banned in Popper, which led to a big rise in popularity of Tron, which is why the Expedition map is being banned, because it's like, well, this just makes Tron too reliable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Tron has been a, a mainstay of Popper for quite some time, various different Tron builds, and sometimes it's the top deck. So attacking that deck just makes sense. Anytime some part of Tron were to get banned in the, like the previous two years, I would say like, okay. Now, there has been 
a fairly big controversial response to this ban and restricted announcement, but not the popper stuff specifically. Uh, in fact, if we look at modern, there was much rejoicing as there's one change in modern, which is Arkham's Astrolabe is banned. Hooray! Astrolabe <laughs> is banned. Rejoice! What can you tell us about that? Well, it's just another card that's dying for Urza's sins, right? You know, yeah. first Mox Opal had to lay down its life and now Astrolabe. Now, I think it's more complicated than that. I think Astrolabe is like a very powerful mana fixer that's also an artifact and enables some strategies, but you would often see it next to Urza, so... I mean, what I've what I've heard about the Astrolabe is basically because of the color fixing, it just allowed any deck to play anything, basically. Just that you could just have wildly off-color cards. And in fact, let's see here. We've seen a rise in popularity and win rate of multicolor decks using Arkham's Astrolabe with some variants approaching 55% non-mirror match win rate. While these decks have taken on several forms, their common game plan is using Astrolabe to play powerful cards across several colors. They say, while there's nothing intrinsically bad about multicolor good stuff decks, the power and flexibility is usually counterbalanced by making concessions on their mana bases through lands that enter the battlefield tapped, cost life, or some other deck building restriction. And Astrolabe makes the trade-off at too low a cost. Yep. I've, I've heard people banging this particular drum for some time now that just astrolabe just like sort of breaks one of the sort of the fundamental rules of magic which you know you're sitting across the table from someone who's got like islands and forests and they just start casting red spells and you're like stop (laughs) how how are you doing this please no it also draws a card yeah which just seems like salt in the wound. Yeah, the only the only cost is fitting in snow mana into your deck, which has sort of always just been a consideration in limited. Like the entirety of constructed, I think, like finding room for, you know, making snow mana has never been a real problem. Mm-hmm. In historic, which is the arena sort of arena extended format, so they have two different tiers of sort of card restriction in historic they have banned and suspended a good friend of mine explained it like this when they ban a card they have to give you wild cards back (laughs) is that the only difference (laughs) i mean functionally like i think what they what they say is and and i think they've basically made good on it so far is just like they're not going to keep a card suspended for like a full year they're going to eventually ban it or unsuspend it so it's temporarily suspended, but it might be suspended for months, right? It might be suspended until it rotates out. Well, I guess it's just for historic, so rotating isn't a thing. But it might it might be suspended for quite some time, but they will eventually ban it and then give you the wild cards or unsuspend it. Okay, right. It's it's like being on a watch list. Only in this case, it means you can watch this card. It's only for watching. <laughs> no, that card's only for looking at. Yeah, it's not gone, but it's one of the good cards. We can break it out if the queen comes. <laughs> so Burning Tree Emissary is now on the suspended list. It's now one of the good cards that we can only ever look at, which is funny because it was only it was added directly to Historic from one of the Historic Anthologies, right? Like this was not, or did this, was this in Jumpstart? No, it was in Historic Anthology. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. So they were like, whoops, that was a mistake. 
because apparently gruel aggro is very good in historic and it's they say it's often been the most played deck the separation between it and the other top decks has widened significantly in the past month and after considering the deck and the surrounding meta we feel like the best card to act on is burning tree emissary because it will limit the explosive starts that that deck could have now moving from suspended to banned these will be familiar names agent of treachery winota joiner of forces and fires of invention those were all suspended previously and then they looked at them and went yep that was correct and now they've moved on to a full ban yeah yeah so there you go we didn't have to wait that long for those cards obviously winota part of ikoria and suspended alongside agent treachery so not too too long and there's one more card in historic which is nexus of fate did you know nexus of fate was still legal in historic i did i found out during this ban announcement because i don't play historic presumably because it had nexus of fate on ban (laughs) so nexus of fate doesn't even get to hang around in suspension nexus of fate gets to move right to the front of the line and go straight to being banned and there was a pretty big clamor from the community for that action yeah that makes a lot of sense it's a bad card i mean it's a good card is the problem it's a bad boy card right like it's michael jackson bad oh yeah yeah one white glove yeah apparently nexus of fate was just seeing a lot of play and because it's very powerful it's the it got banned in standard for the same reason it's just it's just too good well ironically i mean that's how that card kills you right it just sees a lot of play play. (laughs) just keep casting it yeah nexus of fate has been cast more than any other spell in the history of magic somehow i just keep casting and the last format affected by this particular BNR announcement was Pioneer. And judging purely from the angry comments I've seen online, and, and I, I, should, I should clarify, not unjustifiably angry. Sometimes people think I'm being an asshole, but no, I, 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 in, in some cases, this one particularly, the anger is justified. People have been demanding various things be banned in pioneer because of what people are seeing in that format and in fact nothing was banned this round in pioneer in fact oath of nissa was unbanned now i i don't play pioneer but like i said i've i've heard a lot of people were really upset about this because they wanted a bunch of things banned uh nelson do you know anything about any of that well i think people were kind of expecting that a couple of the powerful decks from the last pioneer championship mythic championship or during the players tour we're going to get attacked such as inverter of truth or possibly like the underworld breach uh, lotus field deck because i think both have still had a strong win rate they've been fairly powerful still have a fairly high rate of play i think but i personally haven't played any pioneer since the pandemic started so i'm not super well versed but if you were hoping for a ban and then instead what you see is an unban it's a little awkward because it's like well obviously they paid attention to the format somewhat right they they are looking but they didn't do the thing i wanted so it's frustrating but yeah i believe inverter was the card that had the biggest sort of what is it target on its forehead that's what's that card do again it's a six six eldrazi devoid for whatever that's worth it has flying plus two black black to cast and when it enters the battlefield exile all your cards from your library face down then shuffle all your cards from your graveyard into your library and win the game because you usually have a uh, a Jace on the battlefield at this point. 
right? Or, uh, or the a, an oracle. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just one of the 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 decks that blows away your your library and then tries to draw on an empty library. It's kind of a, a lab man strategy. Yep, that's what it does. And then the, the mechanically the way the deck plays out is like a blue black sort of tempo control. So you have you know fatal push and and that ilk, and then you have like maybe some counter spells and a bunch of card drawing. Like you can still, I believe you can still play dig through time in this deck. Dig Through Time, another card that we've all been kind of expecting to see banned in Pioneer for, you know, since the beginning of Pioneer. And yeah, so you can just kind of riffle through your cards, you know, select cards you need to pull off your combo while disrupting your opponent if need be. It's a powerful Mm -hmm. strategy. And Hmm. occasionally it would also like randomly beat you to death with an Inverter of Truth, which (laughs) was also like, come on, man. Yeah, it's an undercosted 6-6 flyer. Yeah, with the downside that it wins the game frequently. I mean, bad and limited. But, you know, if, if you have access to any number of the cards that automatically win the game when you draw on an empty library, then as it turns out, that downside becomes something of an upside. <laughs> I do remember seeing this card playing this limited format and going, oh, what's this? This looks cool. Big flyer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, well, can't play that. Not your style, I guess. Just kidding. Nobody's style and uh, just until this pioneer format was, yeah. was invented and, and Thassa's Oracle specifically was printed. By the way, the reasoning for the unban is that so Oath of Nissa was one of the first cards they banned in Pioneer because green ramp decks were just super powerful. And they also banned Once Upon a Time, Veil of Summer, and Oko. And then they looked at the metagame again and figured actually oath of nissa can is probably safe here by the way oath of nissa i haven't been reading them out every time single green legendary enchantment when it enters the battlefield look at the top three cards of your library you may reveal a creature land or planeswalker from among them put it into your hand put the rest in the bottom of your library in any order you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast planeswalker spells and they mentioned specifically adding oath to nykthos ramp decks is probably going to be a thing that happens yeah that definitely does seem like a a good card to play in that deck yeah it sort of sort of takes the spot of once upon a time the the other deck that was using oath of nissa regularly is the copycat deck that was sort of the first out of the gate best deck from pioneer Mm -hmm. and that deck had like a four color mana base and sort of always has and so oath of nissa is nice because it lets you cast your winning winning the game planeswalker off at any lands and since that's not a concern anymore, you know, unbanning it maybe is fine, but we'll see. And finally, they mentioned that they they looked at standard. There were no changes in standard, but they said that they looked at standard. They looked at win rates from players tour online three and four. They looked at the conversion rates on day two, they said, which is kind of funny because like day two of play, one of those players tours, the top eight was like almost entirely teamer reclamation, if I recall correctly. But they said in the weeks following, they have seen, and I'm quoting them here, uh, Mono Green Aggro, Racto Sacrifice, Mono Black Aggro, Red White Paw Blade, which I assume is dogs. Dogs with swords. Dogs with swords. Simic Flash and others. And they say that Core 2021 has brought a variety of new tools and they're seeing steady motion in the metagame. And so right now, while they are keeping an eye on Growth Spiral, they're happy with where things are in standard. And so no changes right now, which... If I recall correctly from what comments I dared to read, was not particularly controversial. 
Standard seems okay right now. Yeah, like um, Growth Spiral is like a good card to keep an eye on, right? Oro, I've also heard like, you know, rumblings, but these are these are good cards, powerful cards, and if if the consensus is that it's probably fine, then yeah, that seems about right. Generally, all I saw in community reaction to this was a lot of consternation about Pioneer, specifically the line from Wizards article where they say, we're otherwise generally happy with the shape of the metagame in Pioneer and people being like, so they're not playing it then, you know, <laughs> that kind of level of discourse. I don't play Pioneer, so I can't really speak to it, but I, I don't know. It, it's not like they haven't looked into things. So I, I hope that those who are emotionally invested in Pioneer, I don't know. I hope you get what you want. I hope you get to enjoy playing magic the way you want to play it. Mm. I don't know what, specifically you would have wanted to see banned i think if they banned dig that would be okay i'm sort of expecting them to ban dig after this deck was first figured out but if they ban dig that might help and then if they just ban thassa's oracle or inverter that might also be satisfying for a lot of players but again i haven't i haven't played since the time of paper magic so Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see that actually neatly takes us to our other topic for today which is talking about jumpstart because jumpstart of course I was very excited to play as a paper product and can't do that at the moment, but they have a pretty cool way that they've got it working on arena. So jumpstart as a reminder is a paper format with a bunch of reprints, but a whole bunch of new cards. And when you buy a thing of jumpstart, it's two larger than usual booster packs that are themed and you don't know what the themes are. And you open them up and they'll tell you your theme and they it, the themes could be creature type based or color based or keyword based or theme based. You know, there's a bunch of different ways that they could be. There's a lot of different packs. And then you take the two that you have, you mash them together into a deck and then that's your deck. And then you fight other people who've played with uh, jumpstart. And so on arena, the way it works is there is a jumpstart queue event that you can buy into for, 400 gems or 2000 gold and you are presented with three random packs you pick one of those three and you're then presented with three other random packs and you pick one of those three and then you build your 40 card deck just boom you have the deck that's all you need to do to build it you just pick your two themes you get to keep all the cards and if you win you get a you get to keep playing until you win basically and if you win once you get a rare card if you win twice you get a rare card and that's it then you can resign and get back in the queue again and then if you get back in the queue again you can again get a rare card and then a rare card yeah and, and you get to keep all the cards every time you're going to want to play it at least 3 times so you get all the basic lands i think it's probably the way to do it but it's funny cuz it tells you it's like most of these arena events these casual extra events on arena of of which this is one they're usually like play until the event ends because it's on a timer it's like a day or a week or whatever and oftentimes it's free or it's cheap to get into this one does have an entry fee but it's like play until the event ends you can play as many matches as you want but this one specifically in like highlighted bold green bright green like you know 2001 web page font is just like don't forget you can resign at any time and then start again because you kind of you don't get any more benefit after your second win with your jumpstart pack in the arena event, but 
as you said, each time you join the queue, you're like opening packs and you have to keep all the cards. So they want you to know that. And mm -hmm. for good reason. I mean, those basics are the chase, I feel. Yeah. That's my feeling. Actually, it's also worth mentioning that all these cards are legal in Historic. Yes. And Gladiator. Y yes. Which is why there are 20 cards that are in Paper Jumpstart that were swapped for Arena Jumpstart. For actually, not just for power, for power reasons for gameplay reasons or for technical reasons and they've actually talked about this fairly openly on you know places like the subreddit being like look this card actually just does weird things that we absolutely could program into arena but it's we only have so much time in the day and it is not worth the developer's time to program in this card the way that it needs to work for just for this they didn't mention anyone specifically, but you know, there's, there's a couple like that. And there's also ones, like I said, for power and ones that just sort of don't work with how arena does gameplay. So I guess I could go through those chain lightning and lightning bolt. Both got replaced with lightning strike on arena ball lightning with lightning serpent, a Johnny's chosen with archon of sun's grace, angelic arbiter with Sarah's guardian draconic roar with scorching dragon fire. So they're all, they're all fairly similar. Except Goblin Lore replaced with Goblin Aura Flame. So that's a little different. Uh, Flame Tongue Kavu with Fanatic of Mogus. Exhum with Bond of Revival. I'm just as happy that Exhum isn't in Historic. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Fayadia Seer with Dryad Greenseeker. Mausoleum Turnkey with Audacious Thief. Path to Exile with Banishing Light. Read the Runes with Gadwick the Wizened. Reanimate with Doom Necromancer. Rhystic Study with Teferi's Ageless Insight. Sheldred with Carnifex Demon, Scourge of Neltoth with Woe Strider, Scrunching Bunder with Pollen Bright Druid, Thought Scour with Weight of Memory, and Time to Feed with Prey Upon. So those are the swaps. And then it's it's cool because like in the packs, I, I think this is still replicated on Arena. There are varieties within the themes. So like Say you're on Arena and you get Angels, right? You, you pick Angels. There are two different Angels decks that both have, for example, Guardian Idol, Scroll of Avacyn, Thriving Heath, Angelic Ascension, Angelic Edict. They both have Celestial Enforcer, Anointed Chorister. They both have Emancipation Angel and Angelic Page and Sarah Angel. But then one of them has Voice of the Provinces and Bane Slayer. And the other one has... Well, I guess not Angelic Arbiter, because we just talked about that, has Sarah's Guardian and Linvala. So, you know, you know, one of them has Take Heart and one of them has Feet of Resistance. So those are some of the more the more similar ones, but there's three, four different decks called Archaeology. There's two decks called Cats. There's four decks called Devilish. And so even if you pick the same theme you don't even necessarily know exactly what cards you're going to get, which I think is really interesting. Hmm. I believe it's the case on Arena and on paper. That's all. And I also think it's very cool. At time of recording, I haven't had an opportunity to dive into it, but I'm very excited to do so. I'm just mainly excited to play with Zerzoth Chaos Rider. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, Zerzoth is this very good lad who is a 2-3 legendary devil. For two and a red, 
whenever an opponent draws their first card each turn, if it's not their turn, you create a 1-1 red devil creature token with when this creature dies, deals one damage to any target. Whenever one or more devils you control attack one or more players, you and those players each draw a card, then discard a card at random. Wow, that sounds fun. Yeah, I know, right? It just seems cool. <laughs> and I'm going to sleeve him up in like Highlander, and he's going to die. And then maybe occasionally he'll also just draw my opponent the card they need to win. And I'll be like, oh, play again? Right? Like, <laughs> But they might discard the card they need to win. Haha. They might. It's entirely possible. Things could go my way. Anyway, I'm just very excited for this card. I'll, it'll probably wind up having a woman, like, an EDH deck somewhere with, with Anya. Yeah, I don't know. He just seems he just seems cool. I want to hang out with him. <laughs> I hope that by the next time we talk, that we've all had actual time to play with Jumpstart and that you've got to to live your devilish dream. Me too. I got to play a little bit. At time of recording, Graham was a very busy person, as he usually is, and had some other things to do. And Jumpstart, as you might imagine, and you know, as we've described already, is pretty quick to get into, especially in Arena. So I already played through one run. I foolishly chose two packs that were the same color, but I was fairly successful. I went two and one, and so after getting two wins, I restarted again, and I'm not through my second run yet. But the thing that strikes me most about this is that it feels like dual decks pack wars sort of that that power level like somewhere in there you know you mentioned bane slayer and there's these cool you know new cards as well so there are some powerful cards in there but you know just a few in each deck kind of the way that richard garfield maybe intended for the game to be played so i've had a lot of fun so far in the games like i think the the feel of playing jumpstart like the you know the limited experiences of it or whatever has been really fun so I'm for it. If you can get your hands on getting getting to get into a game of Jumpstart, I recommend it. Right. I chose, by the way, I chose Smashing and Spellcasting. And when you play on Arena, it like names your deck off whatever the two packs were. And yeah. the I figured out that that's what the you know social media team at Wizards whatever has been doing because one of them's called Doctor, so it's like you know Doctor Garrick and Doctor Bosri and Doctor Smash or whatever. That's kind of the funniest thing you can do with these deck names. So did it call did it call your deck smashing spellcasting or did it call it smash casting? It called it spellcasting smashing, I think. Oh, that's the yeah. worst option. <laughs> well, I picked the spellcasting one first, yeah. So. Uh, I would hope to one day play smashing under the sea. Right, there you go. Our James Bond podcast rewatch with from rewatch with love. Uh episode on thunderball will actually come out the same day that this episode of tap tap will come out so if you want to talk about smashing under the sea sorry that's what I, the reference i thought you were making <laughs> it, it, alternatively smashing above the clouds which i suppose would be moonraker but like <laughs> and i thought we were just making a smashing pumpkins joke i mean we could also be doing that yes that would be way less vulgar <laughs> which is what i would do on this family-friendly podcast. Mental note, it was July of 2020, and I managed to be the least gross person in the room at LRR one time. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> we'll write that one down. A uh, brief note, Paul brings up that 
he doesn't think Baneslayer Angel is in Jumpstart, but it is in the deck list. And I think what it is is that Jumpstart has all the cards from Jumpstart and some cards from M21. So it's Baneslayer is not in Jumpstart, but can be in Jumpstart packs. So I don't know what that means for Arena. But yeah, the Angels 1 deck list absolutely lists Baneslayer but when you mouse over it in on the webs on the wizard's website it's uh the m21 expansion symbol so you know what i'm just gonna have to play some jumpstart and see what <laughs> see what happens i think you might you might run into a Baneslayer angel while you're jumpstarting and yeah there's just you know there's various lists that happen for these types of products i guess like i don't know when you try to look up the list of cards for mystery booster, I wouldn't be oh, surprised God. if you're frustrated, right? Like it probably takes a little while before you're like, what are the full list of cards I could possibly get in the pack? And then eventually you find like on some forum somewhere, someone's got like a PDF and then you have to like download that for 10 minutes. And that's like, Oh, okay. It's one of these 3000 cards. Cool. The only thing I would amend to that would, that would be a Google doc that would then be in your Google docs folder forever forever but yes that sounds exactly like the experience of like trying to get the card list i'm just looking forward to playing jumpstart because it sounds like really fun quick low stakes magic which is uh, a great way for me to burn through my gems and gold in a, in a more fun way than i've been having with m21 which let me tell you i have been losing a lot are you attacking enough? I'm sorry, because this was the this was the state of the of Graham's magic career last week too. And I haven't played a ton of M21. I've still just been grinding Valorant. That's what I've really been up to with my time. But I don't know. I just find if you if you try to make your deck really cheap in this format, you'll do okay. I keep drafting what I think are good decks. Like I've tried it in the quick draft and in the human draft. And I don't know. i it all comes together and I'm like, yes, I'm in the right seat look at this cool deck and then it's either and i don't even think i'm playing that badly either which i i bring that up because it's always a possibility that i'm just playing badly but like sure sometimes i just not drawing well that that happens it's magic but i've just my opponents have had lots of good answers my opponents decks have been great and they've done exactly what they needed to do against what i was putting forward and it's just it's been a very demoralizing couple weeks of of magic over here i'm sorry graham have you been having good games from your description it sounds like you've been at least playing some good magic some of the games have been good yeah i definitely the worst dumpstering i experienced was followed by the ever popular magic arena on screen pop-up of did you have fun in that game (laughs) Uh, of course (laughs) Hey, we noticed that that game was over quickly, so we thought you might have some time to answer this questionnaire. I don't know why that pop-up always appears after I've been placed gently into a trash compactor and have all, and have all my fluids extracted. But every single time, it's like, Jim, just like, ah, oh, God, that was awful. Hey, did you have fun? N- no. no. No, I didn't have fun. Like, I don't know how to answer that question, right? Because it's like, I try to give useful feedback in situations like that and it's like what are you really ask what's the arena team really asking 
with that pop-up for those who haven't seen it sometimes randomly i don't know how often it is you'll get a thing that's like did you have fun in that game with a happy face or a sad face and you can click on one of them and i'm like i think they're asking was it an enjoyable game even if you might have lost you know did you win or lose did you enjoy the game and generally speaking i do enjoy magic win or lose that's why i keep playing it but it always seems to come up for me when it's been just an absolutely brutal, demoralizing, like 25 minute drag out misery parade. And I'm like, no, I didn't have fun. <laughs> Can we, I'd like to start the petition right now to just rename the podcast 25 minute brutal drag out misery parade. I've already forgot some of it, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was gorgeous. And I would I would keep showing up for that podcast week after week. <laughs> I would have so much to talk about all the time. It's really the podcast we need right now. Yeah, like normally when you ask me during this podcast how how my magic has been doing and I'm and I just say, "Oh, you know, I haven't played any this week." That's a lie. Usually that's a lie, and I'm glad I'm not in the office for it because you would see the tears in my eyes as I just draw seven land in a row and go back to bed but you know if we decide to do the 25 minute misery draw out that would be that would be an improvement frankly like 25 minutes sounds like a really good return on investment <laughs> i'm loving it i yeah or maybe we could just call it like magic and other sources of misery in my life <laughs> that might be fine too Beautiful. All right, let me tell you. Let me tell you about this experience I had. It had nothing to do with magic, but I went outside, and that was when everything started going. <laughs> See, Cameron, you and I were born for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and I tried ordering croissant and it had cheese in it, and it just like, you know, normally that's a fine side grade at worst, but for whatever reason, it just ruined my entire day. Yeah, I tried crossing the street earlier today. It took me like four tries. Yep. Cars were just spaced out at that wrong interval. I don't mind having a cheese croissant, but if you think it's a normal croissant and you're not expecting cheese, and I like cheese, that's that's not okay. Yeah, well, especially if you put jam on it, right? Oh, no. <laughs> like jam and gruyere? Just, mm, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe like a blackberry, something tart and sharp, but I, I, I guess the bad experience I had was I got like a croissant and I opened it up and I was like, that's an unusual smell. And it's weirdly lumpy. I'll try biting it. Oh, no. And it was just full of bacon. <laughs> oh, no. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I, guess, I don't know. I guess I, I didn't specify that I didn't want to buy the croissant for men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As the only one of the three of us who eats meat... Even I, and I like bacon. I'm not randy about bacon like some people, but I like bacon. It's not for croissants. Yeah, no, it's it's way too oily, right? Yeah, it's not a croissant meat. Yeah, it's already like a croissant is already basically a way of buttering air, right? <laughs> the French were like, man, I saw Louis and he was just eating spoonfuls of butter. And I get it. We've all had that week, but we got to come up with some kind of pretense. Let's add minimal amounts of flour until it doesn't vaporize in the oven, right? And that was like the croissant 
experiment. Adding bacon to that just is like, you can just rub it on the wall and see through it. It's gross. It's gross. It's not what you want, right? No. I love this pivot. And uh, (laughs) to our magic podcast. This has been a fantastic couple of minutes of podcast, and I, I'm pleased with all the decisions that brought us here. But I think that probably does it for this week. I'm not yeah, sure how we're going to top bacon croissant. Yeah. I mean, apparently with cheddar cheese, probably. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's let's throw some other stuff in there. Why don't we add, like, you know, some feta, and, like, we'll put some chives on, too. Yeah, then, like, I don't know, just... Let's do a spicy maple syrup drizzle on there. Slice that sucker open and put in a couple of, couple of leaves of iceberg lettuce. Sure. And a yeah, hot what? dog. <laughs> they were really cooking. Yeah, now <laughs> we're talking turkey. Unless you add turkey. <laughs> and then we can wrap it in a burrito and then wrap it in a pizza. And then stuff it all into a chicken. And stuff that chicken right on up into cardkingdom.com where you can get the best prices on singles anywhere in the world. And if you live in America, they'll even send you packs, unless you want old packs, in which case you can get those anywhere in the world, too. If you ask for a button, guess what? We don't know what your button's going to say. I I was having a great time just, like, waiting for what I felt was an an opportune moment to dive in and pivot to the Card Kingdom promo. (laughs) And that that worked out better than I could have expected. Yeah, we went right from the quastrocity straight into the, the 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 promo that was really smooth loading ready run we don't know anything about magic but we're pretty good at segways <laughs> this show is also brought to you by you so check out patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run hey stay stay well out there everybody it's weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh boy howdy thanks for <laughs> listening cameron thanks for being here Thanks for having me. Nelson, thanks for being here. Always ask for all the ingredients. Paul, thank you for running the card reader. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>